In partnership with Trauma-Free World, the International Network of Children's Ministry presents Trauma-Informed Children's Ministry, a podcast dedicated to equipping children's ministry teams in order to elevate trauma-informed care of kids and families in the church. We believe children's ministry is the most futuristic and strategic ministry of the church. When you're on the front lines of this key ministry, you need to be informed about how to effectively serve today's kids and equipped to create environments where all kids can meet with Jesus. And preparing you to do that is what this podcast is all about. Are you ready? Let's dive in. My name is Michaela White, and I get to serve as the Executive Director for INCM, as well as the host for this podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the church's role in trauma competency, specifically as it relates to our volunteer teams. We'll be digging into this topic with Julie Cooper and a special guest, Kim Botto. This conversation will equip you to know how to approach the topic of trauma-informed care with your volunteer team, as well as empower you to think through how we can use trauma competency to help us think more strategically about how we build our teams. To help us do this, Julie Cooper, who serves as Senior Vice President of Training and Curriculum at Trauma-Free World, and I are thrilled to welcome Kim Botto to this conversation. Kim is the Director of Training and Development at Found Village, a nonprofit that equips teens from hard places with the tools and support needed to move from surviving to thriving. She is a Trauma-Free World Affiliate Trainer and a Certified Trauma and Resilience Trainer, and she has trained ministry leaders, parents, educators, and others who work with kids on trauma-informed and resilience-focused practices. For the past several decades, Kim has led kids and student ministries at local churches while also leading initiatives around adoption and foster care. Kim, we're so glad to have you with us today. Thanks, Michaela. I love Trauma-Free World and INCM, so it's a real honor to partner with both of you. And I really look at helping our churches grow in how we respond to kids from trauma, I believe is one of the biggest opportunities that we have, especially in our kids' ministry. So thank you. We're so glad to have you today. And and that heart is exactly one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you in on this conversation. You know, as, as someone who's led for years in children's ministry and a church setting, you absolutely recognize the impact of a volunteer team on what kids and families experience. Um, we know that the culture and the values of the volunteer team are critical to the mission of the ministry actually being accomplished. So can you help us in just setting a foundation for this episode with a strong why. Like, Why do you believe it's not only important, but also actually possible for a volunteer team to shepherd kids from this place of trauma-informed care? Well, first, it's important because we want to remove any barriers to a kid coming to know who Jesus is and to grow in their faith. And by helping our teams create these safe and loving environments for all kids, regardless of their background, we're going to remove barriers. <laughs> so that's why it's important. We say that our kids' ministry is a party where everybody's invited, uh, regardless of their background. So in order to do that, we may look at the way that we engage with and respond to kids. So that's why it's important. As far as it being possible, there's so much talk out there right now 
about trauma-informed care, and it can seem overwhelming because there's so much information. But I know it's possible because I've worked with churches where really just a few practical ideas, just some training to help under people understand how trauma affects the brain can change the whole DNA of your ministry. So just a little, just a few changes can make a big impact. So I know that it's possible. I've seen it. Yeah. So clearing the way for kids to come to Jesus sounds quite biblical. Right. <laughs> like you said, clear the way, don't hinder them from coming to me. So this is, this is about fulfilling what he's said as well as, of you know, it, it can be overwhelming. There's so much out there, but it's absolutely possible for us. And some of those small things that you referenced are what we're going to be digging into today. So Julie, I know that many leaders and volunteers who are listening to this podcast may feel a little hesitant to really embrace training for their teens that emphasizes trauma-informed care for kids. I think there could be maybe a little bit of insecurity or especially with not feeling like the expert on this topic. That can feel a bit like a non-starter for some of us where in order for us to present something, we want to be you know, the expert and have all of the certifications in it. What would your perspective on that be? Yeah, Michaela, that's a great question. There's when I think of hesitancy, I, I see it kind of going in two areas. I see some staff who are, they're actually a little bit afraid that if I train my volunteers, my, volu- my volunteers will think they're therapists and perhaps, or right. perhaps cross some kind of line between volunteer to, to maybe meddling in waters that are more for the clinical professional. And I get that um, training is not saying that we are replacing professionals. So that could be one hesitancy, like let's address it. We're not, you're not creating a team of clinicians. Those are out there, hopefully in your support system. But what you're doing is actually bringing some awareness and skill to anyone. And it doesn't have to be a professional. As a matter of fact, think of the, think of the people who touch kids' lives. Mm-hmm. They're you and I, they're not the professional. So when we train, we really, we just want to focus on, um, How can we help adults know what it is to be a safe adult and give them some skills beyond maybe those traditional behavior management techniques that so many of us grew up with? Give us some skills to manage the emotions and behaviors in such a way that they still feel connected and loved. They still want to come back to our children's ministry. We haven't created a place where we're just managing behavior. And that makes the complete difference for a kid who comes from a traumatic background. Yeah, that is so good. Julie, do you think that there's a posture that we could take just with this um, approach to building teams and maybe maybe feeling like, okay, I'm not the expert in this, but what if we're all on a journey of learning together? Is, is that invitation to be on a learning journey important for this? Absolutely. And the beautiful thing about trauma-informed care is that it, it was God's idea. We could, we could spend days and days going through the Bible, looking at the principles, the scriptural principles where God talks about things like a word fitly spoken is like a basket of golden apples. That's the difference between the way that I address a child who's having a meltdown with that, that kind word that's fitly spoken versus that word that's, that may, maybe says like, hey, get it together or you need to leave the room. Right. Um, so this is completely in line with what the Bible says. Again, we're not trying to be therapists, 
we really want to be safe adults who convey the heart of Jesus. Mm, 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 mm. So there's a there's a huge missional component to us saying, okay, I might not be the expert on this, but I'm willing to keep learning, and I'm going to invite my team to come yeah. along the way so that we can do what Jesus has said together. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim, you know, sometimes when we do embark on the training and emphasis in trauma informed care, we can sometimes even experience some pushback from our teams. Um, how would you encourage a leader to prepare to respond to maybe some hesitancy or, you know, they could be really excited about this and they go to present it to their team and it can just feel like, wow, they're really not as excited about this as I am. How would you prepare a leader to respond to those types of experiences? Well, first of all, just about any time we do change, we're going to encounter resistance. Chick-fil-A changed their kale salad, and there was like a big uproar in that. <laughs> so, I mean, we I think as leaders, we need to realize that when we introduce change, for many, there is just this natural result, response to resist or maybe even be a little skeptical. So recognizing is it normal to start prepare for it is a really good thing. And there will be some volunteers who will say, well, like Julie was talking about the way that we've been raised with these specific ways that we discipline or uh, manage behavior. And so we've got volunteers who've been doing this for years and years, and they're going, it's worked for years. Why isn't it going to work now? Mm-hmm. What I have done in those situations is ask people to think back you know, 20 years ago, what did their phone look like? Or how did they cook their food? There's a lot of things that have changed in the world, including the way that we respond to kids. And we've learned so much about how trauma affects the brain and how it affects kids' behavior that, of course, we should be celebrating that there's all these new ways now to respond in a more healthy way. And when I train volunteers or parents or whoever, I like to do it kind of in three steps. And the first thing is, is to have people consider their mindset. Mm-hmm. So as, as leaders come up against people who maybe are resistant to this, talk to them about what is their, what's your mindset about kids? Mm-hmm. And if they think that kids should be seen and not heard, or that some kids are too far gone, <laughs> then we need to stop right there because that's a mindset that we need to work on before we can make any progress. Because what we want is we want everybody to have the mindset that they have boundless hope as far as kids. And then once we consider our mindset, I like to build empathy in people. And so team leaders can do this by using some of the science. I know we've talked about it in previous episodes, but the science of how trauma affects the brain, it's not just a kid being defiant. Like there's actually something different that has happened to that child's brain that impacts their behavior. And also telling some stories Mm -hmm. about maybe some behavior that we have encountered that we thought was just a kid being kind of, I don't know, just not behaving appropriately, but really they were afraid or scared. So once we build that empathy, then it opens people's mind to try new things. And so as a leader, when you meet resistance, one of the best things to do is to give them a practical idea to try. You know, maybe it's offer choices when it, when a child won't do what you're asking them to do, 
offer them choices. And once people start trying these practical ideas and see that it works and that it's effective, then they're going to be much more likely to get even deeper into this and try more strategies. Yeah, that's so good and so helpful. I think uh, even, even just that framework of, okay, expect that when you're presenting change, that there's going to be some questions and some resistance and maybe a lack of excitement. But once we start to, you know, build, build some skills and offer these helpful tools and practices, um, they will see through experience that there is some, some real benefit to us adopting these practices together. So Julie, um, that brings up a question just around training and how we go about training with our volunteer teams. I'm wondering, uh, does every leader need to have the same level of training in this on our volunteer teams? Like, what should we consider when it comes to training volunteers who have such a variety of positions and responsibilities in our ministry? Not all roles fulfill yeah. the same kind of um, function with kids. Mm-hmm. So how should we think through that? That's a great question. Um, we uh, we do know that you, you have volunteers that are working in the kitchen. You've maybe got volunteers who are just, they're setting up the outdoor space. So everybody needs to have some level of the same language. Mm-hmm. Um, that just helps facilitate creating a culture that is going to be trauma-informed. So everybody should have a basic level. Let's have the same language, but not everybody needs the same amount of training. We think, we, we always start to think with who has direct care with children and then who influences policies and procedures. Those, those folks are important because they set up the context and the structure with which your volunteers work, but who, what volunteers have direct caregiving or teaching responsibilities with children. And then of course, if your church has, um, you know, the benefit, the, the luxury of having something like a sensory room or a quiet space, the staff in those spaces, I would say probably need the highest amount of care because um, that's where the kids who are having those meltdowns or triggered are going to be coming from your classes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great insight. I wonder, um, Kim, just as you've, you've led teams and children's ministry as settings in the church, um, when you would approach training your team on trauma-informed care, how did you go about kind of scaling the levels of training that would be offered? Well, first of all, I would, I mean, you do want to look, as Julie said, at positional, you know, what, what their role is, but also the, the person who's helping set up the outside rec might actually really have a heart for it. So I try to look for people who have a heart for this and who are going to be advocates. And also, you know, just talking about some, some volunteers will resist. I think also realizing what we're trying to do is we're trying to treat, teach our volunteers to be more patient, to dig beneath the behavior with kids. We should do that with our volunteers too. (laughs) If if they're responding in a way to this change that isn't particularly helpful, well, let's take a pause and really connect with them and determine what is going on or, or help discover what's going on behind that behavior. And there may be something in their past that makes them more resistant to this mm-hmm. than typical. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So Kim, for the leader who is feeling like they, they really do want to see their team advance in this, 
way. They want to see them caring for kids in this way, but they're also feeling a little bit overwhelmed with where to begin. What do you feel like would be just a great next step to offer to them? Uh, Don't go alone. Jesus, Jesus sent out the disciples in two or more. And I would suggest that if, as we start to build a children's ministry that is trauma-informed, that we don't go along, alone, that we link arms with other people who are passionate about this, people who have a high level of engagement with kids and learn with them because they will then be our best advocates. Yeah. And go to places like Trauma-Free World has amazing resources and trainings, and you can just dip your toe into it. Just, just take small steps. And INCM also has podcasts and classes. And this isn't a commercial, but I've just I've looked at I've looked at INCM stuff and trauma-free world stuff. And I regularly send people to both of those places because it's just a it's a great place to start. Yeah. So, you know, as we've talked about what it looks like for us to build trauma competency as it relates to our volunteer teams, we know that this is critical to the mission. We know that it's possible. Um, we know that you know we don't need to approach it with um, trepidation because we might not have degrees in this, or, or you know might not feel like the experts in this. We can um, provide the information we have and share the trainings that we've been given. Um, it's okay for us to be prepared um, to know that change can be hard. But imagine what can happen when that's overcome, when, when, when your team is all uh, unified, moving the same direction. Um, we can be strategic in how we build training for our teams and, and how we offer that training to our teams based on how they interact with kids or maybe their level of passion. Um, so this was all great information and, and friends, as we go into further episodes coming, we're going to be giving you some practical things that you can use, but also your team can use when they're interacting with children. So we are on a journey together towards building a trauma informed children's ministry. And I just want to thank you, Kim, for being with us today. It was so great to have your voice contributing to the conversation. Julie and I are so grateful. Um, and thank you friends for listening. We hope this conversation equipped you to elevate trauma-informed care in your children's ministry. In our next episode, Julie and I will continue the conversation around the church's role, but our focus will be on how our own traumas affect how we respond and see trauma in others and much more. Uh, Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. To learn more about INCM, you can get connected to what you need to serve kids and families at incm.org. And if you're ready to take intentional steps forward in trauma-informed care, connect to the resources from our partners at Trauma Free World at TraumaFreeWorld.org. We are so glad you joined us today and we're here to support you. Cheering for you, friends.